Bowman. This is Trav Weeks. We have an ill guest in the building, though. Yes. The CEO. Gotcha. <laughs> and editor-in-chief mm-hmm. of The Girl Mob. Yes. Miss Yari Blanco. Yari yes, Blanco. that's me, Yari Blanco. That was quite an introduction. Thank you. Uh, you know what? You're welcome. That's very you nice. really made it happen, though, by living your extremely dope life. Exactly. Damn. Just claps check all around. I gotta check my calendar. We got okay. interns in here, so it is a dope life. Audience. You know okay. I mean? Okay. Okay. Thank you guys for having me. I'm really excited to see what uh, interesting questions you come up with and how i react to them it's always nerve-wracking when you're on the other side of the end like of the questions because you're like Mm -hmm. oh should i actually gotta make sure i don't sound dumb so i'm excited (laughs) this is gonna be smooth sailing plus we like to have like you know um just creative millennial dope entrepreneurs creators go-getters doers this is the platform for you know our voices to speak so honestly it's an honor for us to even have you on you know, so absolutely. Well, let's start. Let's start from the beginning. Let's start. Let's tell the people. You know what you do. Okay. Um, what your brand represents, and um, just a little bit about your background. Sure. So the Girl Mob is a digital sisterhood. We highlight and celebrate women of color, mm-hmm. and our goal is to uh, bridge the communication gap between all women of color. Um, through the usage of original content, whether that's written or video, um, and through events. And right now we just also launched merch, but really through those three things so that women can see how much they have in common, even if the the story might be different, but the underlying tone, the emotion, are the emotions are usually the same. Mm-hmm. Um, because at the end of the day, like, we're all human. And so for me, that's important because... I'm Latina, I'm Afro-Latina, I grew up in Queens, my mother is Dominican, my dad is from Spain, Uh, but I grew up around very diverse neighborhood, Mm. Uh, and so for me, the question around culture and race was not something that came up between my friends and I, and it could have just easily been because we were young, we were kids, Um, but the older that I've gotten specifically in the time that we're living now, those are conversations that are very important. And so for me as an Afro-Latina, as someone that's bicultural, um, as someone that has a black boyfriend, as someone that has black women on her team and Latina women on her team, it's very important for me to have a platform where women from both sides um, can talk to each other, can get to know each other and feel comfortable enough to have those conversations um, so that they could really see that you know, we're, we're more than just friends on social media. Like, we really have some real shit in common. Dope, dope. Was there something specific that made you want to spark this, this sisterhood? Because I'm always interested in people who are, who are passionate about building communities. Is yeah. there something specific in your life that you like, you know what, I need to, you know, create this platform for women like me? Yeah. Uh, so, I think I've always been, like, a girl's girl. Um, awesome. Even though I am a self-described tomboy at heart for sure but i feel like i've always been a champion for girls and for women um i've always been someone that stands up for somebody like um i was bullied as a kid so that's part of the reason why i'm i am the way that i am Mm. um but the reason that i wanted to start the girl mob was just because again i didn't see a space for women of color to talk to each other uh, I've said this before in other interviews where it, it felt very much like we were living in silos and 
I think we still very much are, where if you don't want to be around someone that doesn't look like you and doesn't speak like you necessarily don't have to, right? Like you could easily kind of curate your world to be what you want it to be. Um, And so as someone that, again, is bicultural, I never really saw myself. And I don't really see myself now, like, in in mass media. Um, And so I wanted to create a space where women from whatever shade, from whatever background that fell into the spectrum of women of color could come and feel celebrated and feel loved. And also, I, I also felt that... There was always, you know, that I, I think we're breaking that down now little by little, but there's always been, like, a lot of, like, pettiness amongst women of color. Um, a lot of, like, if I'm, if I shine, there couldn't possibly be any more room for you to shine as well, because then that means you're taking away some shine that I could be getting for myself. And so as someone that has been in corporate America for over 10 years, I also... Um, felt disappointed at times because anytime I was around a woman of color that was an executive, my expectation was that they that I could learn from them and that they could not become a mentor, but that I could comfortably be around them because I, I knew that I was going to learn from them and that it was this unspoken sisterhood, right? Um, and that definitely was not the case. Uh, and so I was like, how do I lead by example? Um, and so for me, it's just very important that as someone that's already in her 30s, the older that I get and the more that I build this brand and the more that I build my career into what I want it to be, I want to make sure that whoever is younger than I feels that they could come to the girl mom for that thing. You know, for that thing of like, again, that sisterhood, for that thing of leadership, for that thing of guidance, for that thing of relatability. Uh, and... As I mentioned, I, I had not seen that anywhere else, and I still don't see that. I think there's a lot of girl power movements going on right now that I love and adore, but they're for a very specific group of people. Mm-hmm. And I think ours blends a little bit more because, one, it is what the brand is about, but two, because the women behind the brand, my team, shout out to my team, um, are representative of what the brand is. Even the people that we do partnerships with or the people that do like contribute content just for for one month like they are representative of what we want the brand to be and you know i never want us to stay with one thing but we're doing something completely different because at the end of the day um one i'm not a hypocrite but two we live in you know we live in everything's driven by digital and social media so someone could easily my biggest fear someone's gonna like put us on blast about over some shit that i have no idea like Mm. how why what happened like yeah you know so I'm very like mindful of what goes on on the website. I'm very mindful of the images that we use on social media, like all those things. I don't ever want someone to think that we said we were one thing, but we're really doing something else. And if if for some reason later in life the brand does move in a different direction, I want to be very like blatant and clear about that. Mm-hmm. Just went up on a rant, but I hope that answered the yeah. question. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you 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 touched on something that I've been hearing a lot lately um, from some of my friends. Mm-hmm. And talking about the 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 divergence in feminism, like feminism for a woman of color is going to be different from a woman of non-color. Or mm-hmm. what have you. Um, can you talk about some of those conversations, that, like how they differ um, in, in that regard, and and also some of the conversations that are kind of the same? You mean co- how the conversations differ f- from like women of color to? A non-woman of color. Yeah. I mean, that's hard because I'm a woman of color, and so I cannot speak on behalf of women that are not 
first of all, I can't speak on behalf of all women of color because that, that's just crazy. I'm not the president <laughs> over here. But um, I think we, you know, there's, there's a cultural context there, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, when you talk about something like colorism, for example, right? Um, if you are from the African diaspora, you know what that is whether you have experienced it blatantly or you're just becoming aware of it or you're like, oh shit, that's what my family, that's why my family really liked, you know, Carlito, my cousin that was really light-skinned with blue eyes but wasn't fucking with Juan because he was dark-skinned and, you know, had tighter curls. Right. So, and a black American could relate to the same thing. So I think in regards to, like, conversations around, like, just culture uh, culture and the way that we were brought up, like there's a lot of similarities there. And specifically for someone such as myself, uh, uh, Afro-Latina that grew up in New York, where you are, I mean, everyone's exposed to black culture, but where you are like a part of black culture, like you do not, like that is the main thing that you grew up around outside of like my Dominican culture, which is black culture. Um, Sorry, I lost my train of thought. So, yeah, so there is a there is a conversation there where we can align. I don't think that although I don't think a non-woman of color could relate in that way. She might be able to em- empathize or she might be able to be like, "Oh, like I hear what you're saying, but I don't think because it's different." That's like me saying me trying to say like I know exactly how a Jewish woman would feel. Explain like I didn't grow up with that religion. I didn't grow up in, in, in that household. Like, how could I possibly um, come in and, and try to speak on behalf of that? You know what I mean? I think in spaces of when, when it comes to feminism and when it comes to, like, those conversations, I think there's a time to sit and listen and learn. And there's a time to really have a seat at the table and have a conversation. And even with myself, I know that I've had, and I've spoken about this before, I've had moments where when shit is going down outdoors, right? Like, for example, they said, like, Black Lives Matter. Like, I've been someone that has marched, and I'm very much a part of that. But there's certain conversations when it comes to black women in specific that sometimes I'm like, I'm not allowed to talk about that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, even if I relate to it, even if I had a very similar experience, but there's just certain things that is like, there's certain lines that it's just like, that's not for me to talk about. And thankfully, I have women on my team that can talk on that regard, you know? And I, and again, that's part of the reason why the team is how it is and part of the reason why the brand is how it is because everything's not for you, you know? Like, sometimes a conversation is not for you. And um, I, re- I, I strongly believe that sometimes you're just there to listen and sometimes you're there to comment. Or um, we saw last month that you you was you were also promoting men of color. Um, yeah, that was dope. What made you uh, want to do that? Well, you know, honestly, I mean, what didn't make me want to do that? There's so much negativity around men of color. I again, I think sure. in our communities, we're working twice as hard to make sure that we're combating that. But in the mass media and in in the world in general, like, when are you guys not being attacked, right? Um, and so for me, I've always done features on mental color on the website, sprinkled that in there. Um, but for me, it was, again, I'm like, okay, I know that we're, we're for women of color, but you guys are our counterparts. 
And so for me, it was like, it's important again for us to share the wealth, share, share the love. And so I told the team, I was like, I want to just focus on of color for, for this month. Um, we had guys write topics on topics that we cover, like mental health and self-love and our relationship with God. We had them write about that. And some of that stuff just like, I mean, like, my, my boyfriend wrote the editor's note, and I was just, like, I was crying because I really didn't, like, I didn't even expect that. And people were hitting me up, like, yo. And I'm, like, I didn't even know. I thought he was just going to be, like, cool, cool, cool. Everything's great. And I was just, like, holy shit. Like, he talked about, like, his relationship with God and how God has taught him what love is and how that relates back to, like, the love that he feels for me and the love that he feels for his family. And so I think... For women specifically, specifically, it's important to read things like that because I, I see on Twitter and I see on social media and I have those conversations with my, my fellow female girl uh, friends that are like, nah, this dude ain't shit, blah, blah, blah. So I think it's important for us to see the other side and be like, okay, well, this guy wasn't shit, but this guy is. And there's more of these. You just got to stick it out and find them. Hit at least. Right. And also, <laughs> and celebrate the ones that you do know that right, are great right, guys. Right. And so that was just a way for us to celebrate guys that were doing, that are doing dope shit and like mean well. Um, we also got to interview Bodega Bams, who is, yeah. a, is a rapper right. out of Spanish Harlem. And what's interesting was that I've, I didn't, I had not heard his music prior to that. Some of the girls on my team were like, yo, he's so dope, blah, blah, blah. So I came in with a clean slate, like, don't know this dude, like, I know what he looks like, yeah. my my idea, talking about prejudices, my idea of him was, like, he's, like, super hard thug, like, mm-hmm. I got a blade under my tongue type shit. Yeah. We we interviewed him at his mother's house in the Bronx. Oh, he is honestly one of the nicest, most humble, funniest people I've ever met in my life. Uh-huh. And so, for me, it was just, it was a moment of, like, Again, like, just just because I'm a person of color doesn't mean that I'm, like, holier than thou and that I'm not going to have my prejudices even within my own people. So it was just, like, a moment of, like, you got to check yourself. You got to check yourself constantly and make sure that you're not, like, again, specifically with men of color, that you're not just judging a guy when you're walking down the street. Like, you got to really check yourself and think, like, this guy's just probably trying to get home as much as you are. Um, but, yeah, so, like, we really enjoyed that. We're definitely going to do it again. We might do it twice a year next year. Nice. Um, it was a really good look for us, and it just made us happy. And it was also like, oh, I didn't even know that he would think to write about that, or I didn't even know he was that type of person. And I think the women really enjoyed it, and I think the guys did too, because one, they, you know, you guys just want to be like, you guys want to be loved. So <laughs> this I, think, is true. <laughs> I think guys, you know, enjoyed like, we fun about it. <laughs> But, uh, right, exactly. Yeah. And I think um, it was just nice for the guys that did get to write to, for us. I felt like they felt, based on their, their responses to me and their reactions, like, yo, thank you for giving me like an opportunity to speak on something that I might not feel comfortable speaking to like my homies about. Again, talking about like mental health and love and... You know, like just other things that you guys in your circles is not is has not been normalized yet, and in our circles is like, no, we could talk about it. Like it's okay, you know. So I I got a lot of people that like DM me or like hit me up on the side, like yo, I really needed to read that. Like thank you. So, That's dope. Like that. Yeah. I see you said um, um it was interesting. You have ten years corporate. Mm-hmm. Right. With that corporate background, was it almost like a um something inside you that just made you feel like I have to find an 
expressive outlet. I have to find an outlet to express myself. And um, what advice would you give somebody to in your position? Like, you know, they, they work in the corporate and making money, they, you know, they, they're going through their systems and mm-hmm. five, but they're feeling like a void to, to create creatively, create, to create something out there and put it out there. Yeah. Um, I think the hardest part, I think of like going to the gym where you're like, I don't, like you joined and then you're like, I gotta get up extra early. And so I I say two things in regards to that and it relates to your question. One is the best gym is the one that you're going to go to, meaning the most convenient one, meaning the one that you really like, like, and you're like, okay, I could do it. So like whatever your idea is or whatever creative outlet you need make sure that it feels convenient to you because if it doesn't you're probably gonna be like "Mm, like that takes too much work and once you're in it it is gonna take a lot of work right but you're like already in it and you're interested in it and you're good i think it's just about that initial like like thing and then the second thing that i would say um is just go for it i think that's really hard like it took me two years to get the domain for girl mom Mm. why that shit cost like three dollars you know what i mean i mean it wasn't about the money but it was just like because you just you got to get out of your head sometimes and so for me i think something that has worked and continues to work is tell someone or tell tell your friends or tell someone that you trust that really loves you and wants to see you succeed that's going to hold you accountable for it Mm. so like if a friend of mine tells me like i'm going to do a photo shoot and then i want to do a gallery show i'm going to like ask you every other day like yo what's up did you you know and it's not to be like annoying but i'm just like you said you wanted to do this thing and i'm just here to like remind you of your greatness Mm. accountability partner that's that's dope yeah that's really dope yeah but you got to go with someone that like really cares about what you're doing because there's friends that are just going to be like okay cool let me know when it's there and i'll just come support you got to have different friends for different things so if you have a friend that's like a go-getter and is about their shit um, talk to that person and be around that person and that person is going to be the one that's going to motivate you you know because they're not going to let you like fall off the wagon because they're going to be like yo what happened like what's up absolutely so, um, and then what was the question in regards to corporate no just um, your experience and your experience of transitioning into like you know um, creating something yeah um, and how you handle that balance yeah so I've worked for since since I came out of college, I've worked for People in Espanol. I've worked for a film festival. I worked, moved to LA when I was 25. Worked for um, NBC Universal. Worked for BET for a couple of years. Worked for Music Choice. Um, every 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 space was different. It was you learn a lot. Life is life happens. <laughs> um, but I think I think for me when I first came out of college, and I'm sure that's for most people. I was very, like, nervous about doing stuff. And not in the sense of, like, uh, not in the sense of, like, trying something new, but in the sense of, like, am I capable of doing this, right? Like, am I good enough? I think we constantly ask ourselves that question. Like, even now with, like, the girl mob, I know that I've had moments where I'm like, who am I to say that I'm going to, like, gather all the women of color around the fucking uh, uh fire and like have a conversation like who gives me the authority for that so what i what i say what i would say is that when i my my career has slowly but surely given me the confidence that i need to do the things that i want to do Uh um and so 
whether that's learning how to do a presentation properly, whether that's getting awards for stuff, whether that's coming up with a dope ass idea for an event that like gets us, you know, crazy social numbers. Like all those things had has led me up to the point now where with the girl mob, I'm very confident in the things that we do. Um, I mean, that's partially also to do because I have a great team, but uh, I feel very confident in things that we do because I'm like, yo, I have X amount of experience doing it for big ass brands. Like, why wouldn't I trust myself to do something for myself? Mm. Uh, so I think all the experience that I've gotten and dealing with great people and dealing with very difficult people has gotten me to the point now where, again, I feel very confident in the things that we do. And because we don't have an advertiser or, as we like to say, a master to um, tend to, we are able to make mistakes, right? Mm. I think allow yourself, if you're creating something, like allow yourself to make mistakes. Like, as long as you, as long as that's not like your breadwinner, I feel like that's part of the reason why a lot of people end up not doing stuff because they're like, oh, I need it to be like the thing that makes me money. Like yeah. most people, it takes them like 10 years, 10 years or more to like really get to a point Start where they're, yeah, where money. their creativity and their brand or whatever is actually making them money. People don't know that. They yeah. Think you right. think that it just... And those companies that are like, have came up in the last two years, that's because they're getting funding from somebody else. Yeah. So, you know, you have to be patient, which is the hardest, probably one of the hardest things that any human can try to gain. Um, I work on that every day. But you have to be patient and you have to be willing to be consistent about it. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm saying like it has to be something you genuinely care about and that you see has potential for a very long time. Versus like, I mean, you're, you're, do, if you want to do a short-term project, like do that. Um, but going back to the corporate thing, like I think that that's given me so much confidence in myself and in knowing what I'm doing and like, you know, commanding the room and like having conversations with people and and not having to have eventually we, we want to have like partnerships but my from what I want when we do have advertisers is that we're coming in and being like this is who we are right. if you guys want to fuck with us this is what it is yeah. but I don't want anyone leading that shit right. mm. they have to adjust for you rather exactly than exactly because I think when you when you do the opposite mm -hmm. that's when you start fucking up and that's when your brand loyalist to use a marketing term or rather, the people that really love your brand and have been mm -hmm. there from day one are going to be like, yo, what are you doing? So, exactly. And the respect of people. Mm -hmm. And I think for me that, not that I think I know, like that's the respect of other people is very important to me. And not, not in the way of, um, I need you to validate me, otherwise I'm not going to love myself, but in the way that I want women that we represent to feel proud that we're representing them. So that they feel like, yeah, I respect this brand because they respect themselves. And in turn, that's a little piece of myself, too, that I, that I get to respect as well. Because you want to feel proud of, about the things that you support, right? Um, so, yeah, very important. That's fire. I wanted to uh, backtrack, switch gears a little bit. Um, talk about a little bit about your transition and some of the learning curves that you, you had to go through. I mean, obviously, you know, when you're starting to incorporate, like, there's, there's that net, you mm -hmm. know, in... You, you, the mistakes you make aren't as costly because somebody else is footing the bill, right? <laughs> yeah. But when you're footing the bill and and you and then you're starting to get this acclaim and people are starting to pay attention to yeah. you, what are some um, hurdles that you had to overcome or in the early goings to yeah. you know be able to sustain? Yeah, that's a great question. Ooh, that's what that's what I'm saying. If you get someone to back up your idea, 
it's so much nicer to use somebody else's money versus going into your savings. But invest in yourself, people. Um, some of the hurdles, I will say, I've had a, I mean, the girl mom himself has only been around for a year. We just made a year. Mm-hmm. Congrats. Ooh, thank you. Congrats. Thank you. Uh, but some of the hurdles that, that I can think of are, I think, doing interviews and not always saying the right thing and then going home and like beating myself up all over it, like, damn. Because at the end of the day, I am representing an entire brand. Mm. Um, I am representing the women of my team. I'm representing women that like read the brand. And so it's hard to always be on. At the end of the day, I'm human. So I've had moments where I've never, thank God, have never said something that was like crazy, but I've had moments where I'm like, damn, I really wish I could have like edited edited that. Yeah. And so it's different when it's like on Twitter or on paper or on your computer versus like right now when you're talking and off off the dome. So um, those that's definitely one of the hurdles. I think um, another hurdle that I that I've had we had early on was saying yes to a specific it was a small partnership but saying yes to a specific small a partnership that ended up um being i'm trying to be pc here but basically there was there was this one brand that wanted us to do something with them we were like yeah definitely because at the beginning you're like yeah yeah yeah, yeah to everybody right absolutely. you're still like figuring out who you are as a brand right and then it ended up being that this more established brand was like yo like they're copying us blah 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 and they put us like on blast on social media and we had like on on the side they had reached out to us and we had like apologized we had no idea we tried to get the other girl to like retract and she was just not having it so it just became like beef between them and it was just really sad to see on social to see that go down and also like me being just protective of my shit like hold up you know what i mean so that was interesting interesting enough like again we don't have advertisers so it's just it was just us It, it is just us but I was just like, yo, like, this could be literally the end, right? Like, I think when you really care about what you're doing, you're always, you got to be very protective of it. And you're like, yo, exactly. Like, so I, that made me be way more, like, mindful and, and of who I said yes to. And also, like, betting people way more properly. Mm. You know, like, do, it, do your research. You know, don't, you can't say yes to everything off the bat. And then the other one I would say, because I'm the editor of the website... Um, a lot of women reach out to us that they want to write for us and contribute. Uh, and so I had one incident where one girl did not like the way that I edited her piece. And just so everybody knows, if you deal with any major publication, the editor gets the last say on however, you know, like you're going on somebody else's brand. So if it doesn't make sense for them and you gave it to them, that's their thing, right? Um, but I didn't do it in the, in a way that was like malicious or like, I didn't, my edits weren't anything crazy. Let's just put it like that. And I wanted to talk to her on the phone and just like, you know, I'm apologize and be like, that wasn't my intention to make you feel any type of way. This girl like went in on me on email and I was so hurt because one, I'm human two I'm female. And I was just like, damn, like my feelings were but hurt. I was like, this person really went on in on me and I've never met them in my life. Well, shout out to you for reading that whole email after the first paragraph. Well, I honestly, like, I didn't I didn't even finish. <laughs> I read like the first it was like six paragraphs. I read like the no. first two, but I was like, that's enough for me because now you're like fucking up my mental state. Mm. Um and I had to really like pull myself together because I was like, yo, this person doesn't know you. Like they're just you know what I mean? Yeah. They're just like bugging out. Um and I shouldn't say bugging out, like she felt how she felt, and it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh 
But then what what ended up happening was that her sister went on Twitter and then started blasting us. And I'm like, now you're pissing me off because that's very unprofessional. You know what I mean? I offered a conversation on the phone. I emailed you. And I just felt very disrespected because I would never do something like that to anyone. Mm -hmm. Like, either we're going to talk about it person to person or I'm going to just let it go. But I'm not going to go on social media and drag somebody. Like, that's Mm -hmm. not how I work. Because one, that doesn't look good. And two, you're burning bridges that you don't even know you had. Mm, Absolutely. So those are some of the hurdles that I've had to deal with. Where now, again, with like anyone that wants to submit to us, like way more mindful, more of the team is involved. I make sure that I like vet this person, look them up. Like, is you crazy or is you not? Because I'm not trying to deal with your crazy shit. Mm. So, yeah. And I mean, and that's real. Like. At the end of the day, everyone's putting in their time, and I don't ever want to be in a situation where it's just like, it's just funky, you know? Like, mm-hmm. so. I feel you. Yeah. Um, and to piggyback on that question, um, tell us a little bit about, you know, what you've learned during team building. I mean, obviously, teamwork makes the dream work. Right. And what, what are some, besides that horrid experience, <laughs> what, what are some um, things that, or, or th- things that you could recommend to, s- somebody if they're looking to build a team because obviously your dream is much bigger than you are yeah people that might have things that you don't have so what are some uh tools to look for yeah in in other individuals and i just want to add my team does not know about the girl and the email and the and the twitter this is the first time i've ever told anyone outside of like my boyfriend because i think uh, (laughs) i think something I think and she's protecting you from smoke. <laughs> Whoever you are, you better um, be grateful. I think sometimes as the as the leader of something, right, you have to like know when you got to take the L on behalf of everybody else because that really had nothing to do with them, even right. though they're part of the the team. And sometimes, so mm. sometimes it's like, let me, sometimes they they just shouldn't know. Mm. Um, so your question in regards to what i look for in in teammates and on how to build a team so when i put it out there i basically was just like the girl mob is expanding these are the specific roles that i'm looking for if you're interested email me your resume um email me why you're interested in being part of the girl mob and let's have a conversation so i Got a decent amount of people. I would say almost 30 people that reached out, which I was very surprised because at the time, I mean, not that we're, like, huge now, but at the time we were definitely, like, you couldn't even hear crickets. So I was very surprised by that, um, which goes to show that people are always watching, even if you think they're not. Uh, And so I was, for me, it was all about vibe, right? Like, none of the people on my team get paid, right? And so it was really about, like, who, who do I feel is going to really commit? Who do I feel like I'm going to get along with? Because although we're a team, we're not in an office together. So I'm going to be the one that's going to have more one-on-one time with these people. So do I like this person? Yeah, right. Yeah. And so for me, I went through everybody's resumes. I went through everybody's social media. So definitely not necessarily like how many followers does this person have? I don't care about that. Yeah. But are you presenting yourself in a way where you're like, again, you're a crazy person. Like, no, I'm good. Um, and so I interviewed people over the phone. And then the ones that I really liked, I met with them and had coffee with them and hung out with them. Um, and I think, again, going back to that corporate experience, um, I know that you go through the interviews and all that. And it's really hard to gauge like co- co- uh, corporate culture and like the people that are, how people are in the office. Mm. But 
for me, it was very important that I had women on my team that were like about it, that were, you know, they backed up their words with their actions, that genuinely cared about building this brand, um, that were creative in their own right, that I wasn't going to have, I'm not a micromanager and I'm not someone that like is going to hold your hand the whole way. I went to women that were like, I have ideas and I think this is dope. And uh, the reason I think this is dope is because X, Y, Z, I did my research and this is how we could execute it. Great. Seal of approval. Do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think everyone on my team is very much a go-getter and some and women that I don't have to be like, well, what do you think about blah, blah, blah? Like they're coming up with their own stuff because I'm still working and I'm doing this at the same time. So unfortunately, there's not enough time in the world for me to mm-hmm. um, cult- like really teach them the way that I would want to teach them. And some of them, honestly... No more than I do. Like, they've been, they've been in, in marketing or in events or in media for as long as I have. So I think making sure that there's a balance for someone that's looking for, to create a team, making sure that there, there's a balance in your team with the skills, talking about skills, the skills that you need, whether it's, like, someone that's really good at strategy or someone that's really good at social media or someone that has crazy connects and, like, you're, like, I want to do this, and I'm, like, yo, I know who we could partner with. Mm. Having those people that are very good at, at all those things but also are about the synergy of what you want your brand to be. So for me, is like, women that are funny, that are smart, that care about their community, women that feel passionate about what's happening in politics, women that... Even if they don't have all the information or all the answers, they're willing to ask those questions and they're not embarrassed by that. Mm-hmm. Women that are like fly because the girls on my team are fly as shit. Um, and they all look different and they all come from different places. So for me, again, talking about corporate um, and hopefully in the future, the more that the team grows and the more the brand grows, I want our shit to be very diverse, mm-hmm. you know, because... I want to be around other people. And there's definitely, there's research out there that shows that the more diverse a room is, the more creative the ideas will be, the better the solutions will be. And so it's, it's beneficial both for the brand, but also for me as a person. Mm. So. Can you actually, matter of fact, now that you speak on it, can you speak on like um, uh, this renaissance that's happening right now with just dope women of color creating everything? <laughs> Where you been? We've been doing this forever. Forever, you know, but yo, forever, that's, that's ever? a fact. I, I'll, I'll second that, Trav, because I, I really feel like now there's been just this explosion. It's an yeah. explosion. Where, where it's, it's like, I mean, it had always been there, but there was like a lid on it. But See, now it's really like, right. yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. She's like, I'm out, ABC. Let me get my money. Exactly. Get back. Secure that bag. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think. Dude, honestly, it's so beautiful to see. Uh, but what I think, I think what it is is that the more we see each other doing our own shit, and I hate to use this word because it's been used so much, but being unapologetic about it and just being like zero fucks given, the more that you're literally, whether you notice it or not, you're opening the window for another woman to be herself. Mm-hmm. And so I think when you allow women of color to be themselves to fully be themselves or to explore who they are, they're going to be like, I got this idea and they're going to go for it. Or, you know, maybe I don't want to lead the the way, but I want to be a part of this, right? Um, and I think that's really what's happening. I think specifically in pop culture, when you have, 
you know, Solange come through with that album that people are still like trying to dissect and, and, and you know, grow from. Or when you have her, you know, Beyonce, I was going to say her sister, like, though you don't know who her fucking sister is. <laughs> but when you have Beyonce coming through with her stuff or even our, on our end for um, Latinas, like seeing more women like Dasha Polanco from Orange is the New Black. Yeah, yeah. you know, like just seeing I way more that. women of all colors, of all backgrounds, coming through um, women of color coming through and being like this is who I am this is how I roll I think it, it's giving other women the that little push that they've always needed because I think for a long time we've always felt like we needed permission from somebody mm-hmm. and now it's like who do you need permission from mm-hmm. it's you like my mom used to always tell me tu llegaste sola at the mundo which means you came into this world by yourself and it wasn't to be like um like only think about yourself and be selfish but it was just like yo like is you you know like you by yourself like just just go for it like no one should be stopping you from going for the things that you want and i know that's very cliche and very like broad to say but it's really true you know and if you need the again going back to like if you need the research or if you need the logic or if you need the support like tap into your friends and i going back to the question about women i think we are doing much better at tapping into our resources with the women in our own communities. Mm. And you'll see that women are like genuinely interested in helping each other. I think whoever was the first one that gave the go, like, hey, it's okay if we're if we're cool and everybody shines. And that's like a domino effect now. And it's so dope to see. Cause I don't think I don't it's like you said, like I don't I don't think a couple years ago you would have seen that. Yeah, I agree. You know? And and to even follow up with that question, since women are the trendsetters and pace setters of the world, how does how does this awakening and this rebirth of womanhood and and, and um, female identity, what is your um projection of how that would affect the male identity? Because obviously if women decide to move a certain way, mm-hmm. men are gonna have to follow suit and just <laughs> natural. So what are what are right. some things that you foresee on on the um cut on the horizon like you earlier you you were talking about just the conversations were yeah changing with men with the article that your yeah. boyfriend wrote that's another good question okay uh i think exactly right now it's our turn where we're giving each other the push to know that we have the permission from ourselves to do what we want and to have conversations around the things that we've secretly be having been having with God in private or only with like a one select few. Um, I think the more we do it, the more our counterparts, meaning men of color, are going to feel comfortable to come out and do that as well. Mm. Um, and I don't, I don't know if women of color have ever been like, men just need to be strong and bring, you know, the bacon home and like mind the... I don't think we've ever done that, but again, I think when you see the people around you uh, saying that it's okay to do something, something that's positive, hopefully, but when you see the people around you doing something, saying that it's okay to do something, you are more likely to, at the very least, think to yourself, like, hmm, I could do that, or hmm, I could have that conversation, or hmm, that's something to explore. So I think what the future brings, what I, what I foresee happening is that more men of color are going to feel more comfortable having these conversations. They're going to feel more um, comfortable calling their, their own boys out. Like, yo, that's not cool. When we talk about like something like rape culture, like joking around shit like that, or you know, um, anything to do with like the way that men respect women, the more one guy in his group stands up, 
the second one is going to follow suit, the third one, the fourth one. And so I think the more that we as women um, continue to respect ourselves and to showcase the way that we're pursuing the things that we care about and how we're not going to um, let anybody else dictate the way that we should be taking care of ourselves, whether it's mentally, emotionally, spiritually, our nails, our hair, the more that our male counterparts are going to be like, I have the right to do the same. Mm. It's almost like these like these like shackles, right, that we've had for so long because we think that we're supposed to be a certain way. And I think that in the coming years, we're going to see all those shackles just be like broken little by little. And you're just going to... I would love to hear from you guys a year from now, just like noticing, even with my own boyfriend, like from the moment we're a year and a half in now and f he has changed so much. And this is someone that's like, you know, played football through all his life, even when pro, like, came from a very, like, religious family. Like, this this is someone that has, like, a very specific way of doing things, right? Mm -hmm. um, and very proud of his blackness. And I think being around me and being around the women on my team and just being exposed to other men that are not scared to not cry, but, like, for lack of a better term, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's gotten him to be a little more open-minded and feel way more comfortable about, about those things. And so I hope, my hope is that more men of color feel the same way and don't feel like they have to be so hard all the time, you know? Like, I don't think they were all humans, so. Yeah, because we looked at your social media and uh, <laughs> a, a celebration of love on there. <laughs> <laughs> Which is uh, super dope. My question is, are you... um? Is that a conscious thing, and is that something that um, you also feel like it's a part of your brand as well, too? You know, me and my the love that I have for my yeah, man. Exactly. Uh no, you know, it's funny because when we got together, I was like, first of all, I just want to put it out there. I don't even follow him on Instagram, oh, man. and I do that for a very specific reason, which is that. You ain't trying to kill nobody. <laughs> no, right? Imagine. Um, I just think I do think social media can like create a lot of problems for couples and I've known mm. this from like sure. friends and you know and just seen it and I'm just like my man my man and I talk pretty much the entire day we FaceTime at night I'm with him half the week like why do I also need to know what he likes on Facebook like on Instagram like mm. let you do you boo like it is okay I respect um that. but I was very mindful when we first started posting about each other I was very scared of that because People, as quickly as they, as they are to celebrate something, they're also very quick to talk shit. Unfortunately, that is, we got a long way to go on that. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I was like, I wanted to keep it very private and very intimate because it was something that was very, you know, very personal to me. Um, especially as being someone that was like a serial dater in New York for so many years. So to finally be with someone that I really cared about, I was just like, I want to protect this. Going back to that thing of like being a very protective person. And he was just like, yo, I love you. Post the picture. Like, he was just, he's just like, good. Like, can't nobody, like, break down this wall. And I was just like, okay, maybe one little picture here, one little picture there. And I've gotten to a place where I'm very comfortable with what I post about us. However, what I will say is that when you do that, you're also inviting people into your life. And so you're inviting any type of comment, any type of anything. And I really, I don't have control over that. So I've definitely had moments with people in regards to my love where they're like, when are you guys getting married? When are you guys having babies? And I'm just like, guys, like... <laughs> when are you going to get my face? Right. <laughs> right. Like, let's all chill. But I, I, I've had this conversation with people on the side, and they're like, yo, people are just excited to see, like, love. Yeah. And so I'm just like, 
I'm trying to be chill about it and just let you love the love that I have. And as long as you're rooting, you know, right. if you're trying to send bad energy, it's coming right back to you because I'm going to put some Santera shit um, real okay. quick. <laughs> uh, but no, and, and in regards to my brand, no, I, I don't think that... I think it speaks to who I am as a person, which in turn might lead people to think of like, oh, this, this is an extension of her brand. But I think overall, I'm just a loving person that cares about community and cares about other human beings. And the grandma is going to speak to that whether I'm around or I'm not. Gotcha. Um, because the team is about that. So. Gotcha. Fact. So we, uh, let's see, we have a, uh, okay. The floor is yours. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, we asked all our guests this. Um, you are on Driven Minds uh, and we want to know what drives you. What, you know, makes you wake up in the morning, go hard, um, really work on um, this creative um, outlet you've created that's, yeah. you know, that's touching so many lives and will continue to touch lives. Um, what's that thing that just makes you keep going even when times are hard? What drives you? Ooh, that's, that's tough. That's not, I mean, that's not tough. I have so many answers. I'm over here like Chatty Cathy mm -hmm. or Chat, Chatty Carmen. Can we make her Latina? Um, <laughs> uh, I think for me, I think for me, it's, it's, it's a smorgasburger things. But what I will say is I'm not a first generation American. I am an immigrant person. And I don't know if all immigrants are born with this little thing, this little, like, hardworking person inside of them. <laughs> but uh, I just, for me, is like, I think of that little girl that had to come here and learn how to speak a brand new language, had to learn how to defend herself, had to, has had to overcome so many things. And so I think of her and I think of, like, growing up in an apartment with a bunch of, like, aunts and cousins. And I'm just like, that little girl deserves a walk-in closet with a bomb-ass house with money in the bank where she's not stressing about, you know, financial stability. If she wants to take a trip and explore the world, she's able to do that. Like, I think of that little girl and all the things that she deserves, all the things that I deserve as a woman. And so for me, it's like, I can't let myself down, you know? Um, I've been known to uh, cry, be, be crying and still sending out resumes. Like, I'm... I'm not a sitting duck. I'm someone that is very much about action. And if I'm just staying still, like that gives me more anxiety. And and so for me, I'm all I'm all about like action and like what steps can I take to feel at the very least like I'm doing something about the situation. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what gets me up every day. That is like I'm you know, when I when I interviewed at BT, um my boss at the time I'm still really, really good friends with him, but I, I'll never forget at the interview, he was the SVP there, or he still is, I think. Um, and I remember he was like, oh, ultimate, like, what's your ultimate job? And I was like, I want yours. And he was like, what? <laughs> he started laughing, and I was like, really well, maybe that. not yours specifically, but I've always seen myself as someone that is going to do bigger things. Um, and whatever that that road looked like, you, you do not know, and if you do, please... Um, send me the winning numbers tonight uh, but I've always been that person and I've always had like I don't know if it's a higher calling I don't know what I don't know what to call it but it's like every day that's what it is like there's just like as much as there's that little voice that um, tells you like nah you can't do that like nah you're not gonna get that nah you, you don't deserve that there's a bigger voice that's like nah you gonna do this 
yes, we're going to get the house. There yes, we're going to get all the things that you want. And yes, you are deserving. And go. so that's a little voice that keeps me going. Well, let me end there. But where do you see the girl mob in a couple of years? What's the, what's the final manif- manifestation in a way in, for your vision? I think I wanted to get to a place where we're functioning so well that I really don't even need to be around. I think that's what makes a good company. When the person that either is the leader or the starter or whatever, mm-hmm. if, if I go away and it falls apart, that means I didn't do a good job, right? So for me, I wanted to be a, a hub for everything that we're doing right now, but a space where we can really have the talented women. We're talking about women that are like doing their thing out there. The, the talent pool that's out there, I would love to be able to bring them in. You know, um, again, I'm very big on like cultivating and developing people and I wish I had more time for that. Um, and so ultimately I want to be able to do that where we have different, um, umbrellas. There's, there's a bunch of things under the umbrella of the girl mob. So we have a production house where women, we come in, we bring women and they're able to make films. We have, you know, we still have the website where we're doing like all original content, um, you know, we're doing our podcast at a bigger, better level, you know, like all those little things like I want us to be able to do so much more and just be so much more efficient so that we're able to bring in the women that are like really genuinely interested in working for us um, and help them get to their level and then leave if they need to or stay if they want to. So um, that is the ultimate goal to be able to create it, make it a bigger hub of things so that women can have a space that they can call home. There you go. Too fire. Yeah. Where can we find you on the uh, socials? <laughs> on the social, on the interwebs. So all of my social is the Jari Blanco. So that's T H E Y A R I B L A N C O. And for the girl mob, everything is T H E G I R L M O B. The girl mob. Definitely check out the Girl Mob on your local interwebs. <laughs> and like we say all this time, stay driven. Stay Thank driven. you guys. <laughs>